recording. We're recording now. And then now, this is the part where we go live on the Book of Faces. Well, two minutes late. That's fine, right? I'm not paying attention to you because I'm currently trying to buy another vehicle that I don't need via Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Story of your life. Two tickets to paradise. Pack your bags and receive tonight. tonight. Woo, we're going to for sure get sued. Who sang that song? Kenny uh, Chesney? Oh, no. Eddie Money. God, you're so old. That's when I was a kid. You are a kid. You're a giant man child and everybody knows it. That's fair. Podcast episode 14. Hello, everybody listening right now to the iTunes. This is the intro where Rye fumbles through his stuff before he actually gets us live on Facebook. Just and boosh, we are live on Facebook. I don't believe uh, you. In your face, book. What episode number is this? 14. God, we are doing very well. Consistency is key, cause consistency is key. So what's up, buddy? Oh, you're putting this on me. Off to a good it's, start. It's, How, how's okay. your How's your week? No, 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 no. Last <laughs> week, last week, what did I do? I had prepared notes. I had talking points. We talked about somebody dumping their poop in the in a pits. I had mm-hmm. a whole bunch of good stuff lined up. I said, Rye, you got one job. Week 14, episode 14, I need you to prepare an entire fun-filled adventure scheduled to speak on. Did you prepare anything? You definitely did not say those exact words to me. Okay, that's weird because everybody in the comments agrees with me. What, com- what are you talking about? There's nobody commenting yet. Oh, well, guess what? iTunes doesn't know that. So when they listen <laughs> to this, they're going to be like, Logan is such a good dude. You know what, I dude? I, I don't really appreciate the way you're coming at me right now. Okay. Oh, Donnie Klein's watching. This is good. Donnie, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you this. Donnie, listen up. Um, Donnie is a customer of ours at Dynasty. And every time I do a live feed, he pops up with his eyes because we've had his car for like seven and a half years and he wants it back. <laughs> um, Donnie's car, Donnie's car, we did a single turbo kit on a 370Z. It made uh, 638 wheel horsepower stock engine. Um, really, really a fun setup. Um, so today was the wrap up day. We came off the dyno. Um, what day is it? Wednesday? Yes. So Tuesday he finished up on dyno on E85 tuning. And then today, anytime we finish a build like that, we do street test, drive it for a good bit of time and then make sure nothing falls off the car. Um, as I'm sure Donnie's like, what fell off the car? Nothing fell off your car. I didn't work on it. So that's good. Um, but we street tested it. Everything went well. And, uh, Donnie, I tried to call, but his phone kept going. He was in bad reception area, so I couldn't get a hold of him. Is it um, if, if for you not to derail the conversation entirely? Is it not the most nerve-wracking thing for you to fire up a car for the first time, even if it's your place of employment or your own project, somebody else's project? The only the only first fire-ups that get me nervous at work are first fire-ups that we did not build the engine on. Not because, and it's only because it's an outside, like it's an outside, you know, entity that did it. Like I won't, without mentioning names or engines specifically, I have a customer in house right now that the car's been there for, I don't want to give it anything away, been there for a little (laughs) while. And the, it was, he had another company build him an engine, actually two of these going on right now. He had another company build him an engine. Well, we fired it up and to go, went to do first oil change. And the thing's making a racket. Oil pressure's kind of all over the place. Pull the oil out of it, and it's just full of glitter. I mean, it's full of metal. Well, then it turns into the following. The engine builder tells the owner of the car that, and this didn't happen, but this is normally what happens. We were blessed in this situation. But the engine builder immediately blames the shop. Well, it was a shop. They didn't turn the key the right way when they started it. Or like some dub, like, was there oil in it? Yeah, we put oil in it. They didn't prime it. They didn't prime it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, okay. This is, in fact, our first rodeo. We uh we bought a fresh pair of cowboy boots. We're planning on breaking them in tonight on this horse. <laughs> so that's the one thing that aggravates me, freaks me out on first fire ups. I hate the hell out of that. Whenever so Brock is a the shop foreman there and he does all our engine builds. I never have any I've never had a single engine knock on wood. Never had a single engine failure from anything we put together in house. So every time he throws something together, um the concern is not there. But anything I personally work on, yeah. 
it's absolutely terrifying. I hate yeah. starting. I, I don't know how many times I've done it. And even with my own car, just I, every time I hit the button, I'm like, how much is this going to cost? That's the first thing that crosses my mind. And I just did a cam out of 2015 Camaro, done them cam job in a million times, pull the heads, fresh lifters, fresh oil pump. But it's like, I've ran into those scenarios where you tear the O-ring on the oil pump and it kills the oil pressure or just, yep. dude, you never know. And it's so nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know if I was the only one who felt that way. No. And, and yeah, I mean, there's situations that are worse than others and there's a lot of things that can go wrong on a first fire up, but it's, it was one of those things. Donnie circling back to Donnie's car, this 370Z. So let me, let me play this whole thing back. This thing was such a pain in the ass. Um, and everything, Keith Durbin's in here. I got a couple of customers in here that all have really fun street cars. But uh, Donnie's car was a pain in the ass. So we did a CJ Motorsports twin pump hanger. And CJ Motorsports is owned by a guy named Chuck, who's a good friend of mine. And he builds a bunch of fuel system stuff for 350Zs and 370Zs and RX-7s. Incidentally, I, the fuel pump hanger I have in my car is a CJ Motorsports hanger. Anyway, long story short, we finish um, – we finished doing Donnie's build. The car fires up. It makes like 520 or 530 to the tire on pump gas. And the next day we go out to start it and it goes, like the longest crank ever. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I called Donnie. I'm like, yeah, the car is great. Except it takes 12 and a half minutes to start just as a heads up. So we ended up chasing our tail forever trying to figure out the startup issue went as far as to replace the injectors with a different brand of injector like everything we could think of and turns out so walbro released a 350 liter per hour fuel pump it's the same size as like a 485 sort of like physically yeah um e85 friendly whatever well we fire that thing up and we pull the pole pump hanger out because in the car you could hear it prime but it was like yeah like you could hear it almost aerating at first and you watch and it's it's not repeatable so you watch the fuel pressure gauge and when you key on and you go to start it well your first fuel pump prime pulse so like when you prime the runners right as soon as you key on it shoots the injectors it primes them well the only way the injectors have any fuel to move is if there's pressure at the injector right so if the first millisecond that we key on ignition that pump is aerated it's not providing any fuel to the injectors but it was only, it was doing it like not consistently. It was just randomly doing it. Anyway, it ended up being a bad pump, a bad fuel pump on key on. We run two fuel pumps, so no issue with lean condition or anything like that. But anything where you cannot replicate the issue time after time after time after time is the most aggravating thing in the absolute world. I hate it because every time I have to call a customer, I'm like, hey, you know the problem that we we have, but we don't have, but then we have it, then we don't have it, but then we have it. <laughs> I still haven't been able to figure it out. So, Donnie's car was out of his element. That's 100% true, Jeff. <laughs> oh, man. I've been, I've, I was talking to you about it yesterday with that red car that was sitting in the garage here. I went over to his house, and he was ready to make some street hits on the thing. He lives way out in the sticks, so we go out there to, to do a couple pulls on the thing and it's, it's kind of a turd right off the bat and we're, we're working through it. The new car issues, a little bit of a turbo oil drain issue. It's, it's fogging for mosquitoes. And uh, I was like, well, screw it. Let's fire the car up and just put it on the trans brake right here in the shop. And then we'll see where the oil leak is actually coming from. And we go to fire the thing up and the motor turns over like half a turn and stops. Oh, totally, yeah. totally hydrolocked. And Funk. Hey, what kind of injectors were in the car? Immediately, my <laughs> shut up. Immediately, <laughs> my heart sinks because I'm the person who originally put that motor together, and I'm like, "Oh God!" But it came in with oil pressure and sounded totally fine. But it turned out to be an injector was stuck open and completely flooded one of the cylinders with when you when we pulled the spark plug out, and I heard it. It sounded like you're opening a can of soda. I was so yep. relieved, and it's just you do so much work on a car for somebody else that spends money with you. And it's, I don't know how people do it full time. Honestly. I, I mean, I do it as a little bit of a side hustle and it gives me like, I lose sleep over it sometimes. And when it goes great, it's the most amazing feeling, but up until it's like watching your kid 
like go off to i'm imagining what it's like watching your kid go off to college you like you call like hey everything's still good yeah that camaro i just did a uh the cam on us i've been calling him or texting him I'm like hey man how's the car he's like yeah, yeah 250 miles on it and i'm like okay cool let me know when it shoot me a text when it hits 320 like (laughs) yeah i think the biggest thing too especially when you mix um you mix your passion with your professional life uh that will ask the question what's the worst phone call you you make at work um there is no worst phone call uh anymore when i first got into the business it was you know engine failure or something like that's always tough but uh if you prep a client the right way and you talk to the customer about what the worst case scenarios are off the bat, then they should be prepared for worst case scenario at all times. Because uh, who was it? Josh Tonsky, Horsepower Solutions on the uh, East Coast up there. I think they're, where are they yep. at? Up in yeah. Jersey, I think. Jer- yeah. Jersey. I don't know where they are. I don't think they're Jersey. Northeast somewhere. Somewhere. Jersey or they're, they're in the New England Patriots land. Yeah. Um, Anyway, he posted up, if you can't light a $100 bill on fire, drag racing is not for you. I'll go a step further. If you can't light a $100 bill on fire, modifying cars is not for you. Um, and that's a big key because you worst phone call you can make. Let's say I have a customer drops off their car. Hell, Kenny Harper posted up that Dynasty, our shop, broke in the engine on his 350Z. He never even turned the key. So if Kenny's car goes on the dyno and it shreds itself, it blows to pieces, that would be a terrible phone call to make if the conversation prior to the car going in the dyno wasn't we didn't build this engine we will monitor all your vital signs if something goes catastrophically wrong we will obviously stop the dyno pull understand that the following things can happen during a dyno pull and there's nothing a lot of the stuff is out of our control it's divine intervention stuff happens my case my rx7 for example anyway yeah so stuff like that happens now the i will actually know i'll edit that statement there is a worst phone call when you physically harm somebody's car in the shop, you dent it, you scratch it, you crash yeah. it, something. I have been blessed, knock, knock on wood. We have never uh, like crashed a car. You know, you hear horror stories. They took my car for a test drive, put it in the ditch, flipped it, whatever. Knock on wood again. We've never, this never happened. I tell everybody that I do. I mean, I'm not a shop and I just do side stuff for everybody, but I tell everybody up front, I preface it. I will not test drive your car. Yep. Because from an insurance and liability standpoint, they can take you, they can take you for all your worth. You know what I mean? I will put it around just to like through my neighborhood at 25 miles an hour, but I will never go wide open throttle with somebody else's car. Yeah, man. Well, and and that's the thing, even from a legal standpoint, a lot of people, the, you know, I'm going to open a shop or I'm going to start wrenching. I'm going to do this. I want to do that. Well, the problem with that, not the problem. I think it's beautiful when people want to own their own shop. But take a step back and, and look at the brick and mortar costs. Look at the all the tax liability. Look at the insurance. To get proper insurance on a shop, somebody please, if you're really thinking about opening a performance shop, not gen repair, because they are two globally different things when it comes to insurance companies, look at what it costs to insure a performance shop. When people call me at Dynasty and they say, hey, why should we bring my car? Why should I bring my car to you? I tell them, I don't look at our track record or reviews. You could do all that. But call every other shop in, in our area, and I'm not bashing anybody, just being honest. Ask them what insurance they carry, what security system they have, uh, how long they've been in business, uh, how, what their, what's their Better Business Bureau rating. Like, ask those questions. Right. Fully insured, vetted shop. We have 24-7 security system all over the shop. We have people monitoring the cameras at all times. So if your car is in our shop, within our gate, inside the shop, you're, I mean, it's not, again, things happen, but it's a very safe location. But the worst calls to make, again is if i dented or scratched your car hey we hurt your baby sorry dude did i tell you about that split window fiberglass vet that a a jack fell into yeah that was tough but i what you can't lie to a customer like accidents happen and he was super appreciative of us being forward with him and roll on everything's fine stuff happens yeah i was messing with a shop out in cali and uh 65 chevelle like this hundred thousand dollar plus build ridiculous just basically built to like cruise the fairgrounds at a good guys event yep and somehow we we let the car down and we didn't realize that somebody kicked one of the legs on the four post lift oh no and it wasn't under the frame anymore it was under the fender and we sent the car up and it crushed the front fender and this was like it it was easily a 10 plus thousand dollar paint job on the thing and yeah we had to eat it i didn't have to i didn't know the shop and i didn't do it but 
I heard the noise and I walked into the back and I was like, oh, that's no good. So that's yeah. definitely, I agree with you. I'm not in the, the, I've dabbled in shops. I've never personally damaged anybody's equipment, thankfully. But uh, I, that's, that's one of the, my biggest apprehensions about, like when I hang up uh, what I'm doing right now, like it, I've thought long and hard about it. <laughs> long and hard. Um, <laughs> but I don't know that I want that much liability and anxiety laying over me. I just, mm-hmm. it's a bunch. Well, it is. And, and even the small amount we've talked about the jobs that you've done and you just talked about the Camaro leaving in, in 250 miles and you're losing sleep over it. Well, I, I learned over the course of time doing it for a job. Um, there's no way to not, take your work home with you. Yeah. It's impossible. It's straight up impossible. Um, and even now Donnie Klein, one of our customers is in the live feed and he's watching, uh, and he's watching and commenting. And if this was me five years ago, I would have so much anxiety over one of my customers trying to talk to me after hours or like talk on a live feed. And then you take a step back from it and you ask yourself, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel anxious over this? And the anxiety you spelled clapped out, by the way, wrong. It's calped out podcast episode 14. Did I? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I used to get anxiety over that stuff because <laughs> I, I just, for whatever reason, I just didn't, I just didn't feel like I could get away from my work. And then I realized I didn't want to get away from my work. You know, there's times where I need a break and I need to step away from it. But, you know, I think being nervous and having anxieties over things like that, the second you don't have any nerves or any anxieties, you should really check yourself as a technician or whatever. Yeah, because, that's, when you, that's when you get complacent and you make mistakes. Yeah, hundred percent, man. hundred um, percent. I, I, I that's my biggest anxiety over this whole thing is like I'm trying to uh, that I want to turn what we love to do into a career, and it's like, okay, now when there's more liability, is it going to be as much fun as it was before? Because like right now, I just do side stuff for people just to generate a little bit of extra revenue, and yeah. what I've learned is I used to do this stuff for people damn near for free or just like hey man bring me some beer and i'll put a cam in your car because i love to build cool shit and Mm -hmm. what i kind of started to figure out is like even my own personal time is worth money and as the anxiety level started to increase over the years and the builds got bigger and bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. that's when i started to i didn't really charge more based on the amount of time it would take me i charged more based on the amount of worry because i was yeah, like try to scare somebody away. Like, if you really want me to do this, I will. But this is what it's going to cost you. And then when people mm-hmm. say, "Okay," I was like, "Oh shit, I yeah. actually have to do this now." Yeah, the cost-benefit analysis of anxiety versus profit is huge, and yeah, that's one of those things. Like, even you take again, take your remove yourself from the situation, and you just mentioned your time. Now you're a father of three. Terrible father, I might add. I hate you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're a father of, of three, you uh, have a, a, a wonderful family. And then you look at, okay, I'm going to have to do a cam job on this Camaro. It's going to take me 15 hours. Let's just say, right. That's 15 hours of your life. You're never going to get back. So take a step back and say, is it, what, do, what is my, like, here's a great example. Hal, the owner and tuner at dynasty, which I probably shouldn't mention this publicly, but Hal may be welcoming another addition to his family. Congratulations, Hal. Uh, nothing, nothing has happened yet. I have been trying to name this new edition and he, for whatever reason, won't let me. <laughs> I just feel like Reginald the Hammer is a great name. There's so many names. Raylan Wyatt is a name I said. And Raylan Wyatt sounds like a cowboy you would never want to fight. You know what I mean? It's a pretty good I don't want to say his last name on the air, but yeah, Raylan Wyatt. Like it just sounds, anyway. Uh, so, so Hal, owner, tuner, dynasty. Uh, one of my, one of my very, very close friends and he basically, he has a different, he has a rate set up. Okay. So your standard, we charge, uh, we charged hourly dyno time and I'm not going to say that number over the air because it is what it is. Call me if you want a dyno tune. Um, but number two, if you want to slide in ahead of a customer, let's say you have to have your car done and you want to push everyone out of the way. It's not fair. I can't do that to people. I, I don't care if we're tuning a stock 350Z and you have a full pro mod you want to get on the dyno. I do not care because everybody's money spends the same, number one. And number two, everybody has to work just as hard as each other. So it's not fair to somebody that's been on the books for three months for you to slide in ahead of them. So if you want to come in 
and you want them to come in early before shop opens, or you want to come in on Saturday or Sunday, it's easy. Double shop rate. You pay double the cost. And the next step is he has to clear it with his wife. Not like she controls him or she's like the boss, but like he has a beautiful family at home that he wants yeah. to spend as much time with as possible. So for him to justify it, like that's got to be part of the discussion. Um, and, and <laughs> it's very rare that we'll book those. And there are some people that don't care and money's no object. Uh, but we're not going to push people. I'm not going to push a, a 350Z that need that has an NA tune for a for anybody because the, they waited just as long. They deserve yeah. a spot. I've gotten flack, <laughs> and I hope they see this. I don't know if these clowns watch it, uh, and I hope they do. And yes, I will say you're a clown to your face. Local guys here, uh, one of the dudes in particular, kind of had a little bit of beef with on facebook called him out and you know he's like hey we can do it at such and such track on this day and i was like cool fist fight or drag race drag race and i was like cool man let me clear it with my wife and he goes oh you gotta ask your wife permission i'm like uh yeah, yeah. i'm a i'm a father of three kids i can't just pack my shit up and leave that's yeah. great you're 20 something years old i'll bust yeah. your ass any day of the week all these like basement dwellers single like, dudes that can't keep a relationship together longer than three months and are like can't believe you gotta ask your you know, 10 year uh, anniversary, what about your 10 year anniversary? Yeah. You can go race. You idiot. Yeah. I'm right. going to check with her to make sure that she's cool with it. Sorry right. that I'm a good father and husband. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bobby, you haven't washed your bed sheets in seven months. Shut the <laughs> hell up. Like that's the thing. I don't, yeah, it's insane to me. Like I couldn't do what I do without my fiance and that's not me being sensitive or anything. That's literally like we talked about it the other night. They have yeah. a support system that stands behind you through all your stupid decisions, Rye. I only have great decisions. So, and to stand behind you through all your decisions and to, to support you through like the terrible decisions that you make, Rye, you know, those things are important. <laughs> and you, and you, you don't realize what it means until you go from like a shitty relationship that's toxic. And like, even if like, I'm not saying I'm a toxic person, but I wasn't the best person my whole life. You know, sometimes I was probably a bad guy, but I'm good now. And to have somebody that's with me, that's, that helps grow that and, and make me feel like I can do tackle, tackle the world. You don't realize what it's worth. So when some dickhead, you got to ask your wife for permission. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, but, my permission. <laughs> that's well, how I hear those idiots. Exactly. Morons. All right. And they're still not faster than me. The dudes that were clowning me yeah, from no, what? That's, exactly. that's, that's, that's me. Your that's only me. jab. That's me. I am faster than you. Yeah. Boom. Hey. Um. Yeah. Have you seen the new M3? No, I haven't. It's ugly. It's terrible. But someone has asked about the RX-7 in the comments, and I feel like that's more important than anything we ever talk about. Okay, go ahead and talk about the RX-7 first, and we'll get into the M3. The, M- the M3, uh, I can't. I can't. Uh, I gotta get The M3's hideous. It's so ugly. It's, it's a triple grill. Like, it's so ugly. I have talk about your RX seven or do you want to talk about M three now? I don't know. I guess I'll talk about the RX seven. So the RX seven. Did you pull the mic down to your butt? <laughs> did you get it in there? Yeah. <laughs> was that a crotch? Was that a front crotch fart or was that behind your butt? <laughs> That's good. I lean back and push it towards the front. It sounded go. way, way tighter than last night. <laughs> God, man. Good job. You've been doing those Kegels. I could tell. Congrats, bud. Let's see how many listeners we lose off of that one. <laughs> I'm wondering, dude. You tune in live, you're going to hear Rise Kegel Tips and you said, 45. And you said I didn't do any show prep. No, you did. Yeah, that was a good show prep, man. You, you my friend, are a you are an icon of entertainment right there. Um, so here's the deal the rx7 logan bad guy nah maybe a bit obnoxious at times in your life that i've known you brian tracy Uh, it's funny people i i used to work with brian at mercedes and i'm surprised he he didn't come in there like yeah you're a piece of shit buddy you suck but thank you brian i appreciate that i've always liked you he has the only uh crossfire i've ever liked (laughs) wait what uh you know the crossfire yeah i know so there's a local one here. I think it's on nitrous or no, no, we talked about this because it's the same as the Mercedes CLK, right? Yeah. The, the SR, the SRT. I, I think the, he has the, the AMG and it has the compressor motor with the blower on it. There's a local one here that runs like 1230s 
And when I had the blue truck, I was super confident when I had put the turbo on it and it was like 13s. I was like, I'm going to fuck this dude up. And he walked away from me. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Brian's, yeah, dude, Brian's car, when he bought it, I was like, I didn't know anything about him. And then he bought it in like, in true, I think, yeah, Brian used to be into SRT4. So when he bought the, uh, the Crossfire, I was like, oh, it's just like another SRT4. It's going to not go anywhere and break transmissions every five minutes. And then the car like just got increasingly faster and he kept adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. I think he had, if you're still listening, Brian, did you not have like the Crossfire record or something? Which I'm sure, no disrespect, Brian, but I'm sure that wasn't a hard record to get. <laughs> like all 12 people that have them. You beat me to um, it. <laughs> but it is cool. It's, a, it's that blue color. It's got like a carbon hood, nice wheels. Like he did it up nicely. Um, again, for Crossfire. So the RX-7, the uh, deal there, I, I sold the engine, the transmission, and I sold the um, everything. I, I gutted the drivetrain. And other than the rear end and stuff, uh-oh, what did I start? <laughs> anyway, I gutted the drivetrain, sold to a buddy, and it's been sitting in the corner. I have uh, I've basically gone to – I'm going to go stick shift again. Thank you for everyone laughing right now. T56 Magnum, and I believe I will be putting together a 416 cubic inch stock block combination. I have 1080s. He went 1080. He has the record. Only turbocharged one at the time. Brian Tracy, Crossfire King. Can't knock Um, that. 1080 car will fuck up almost anything on the street. If I got beat by a Crossfire on the street, I'd sell my car. Yeah, absolutely. That's what your your license plate should say, sell it. Yeah, honestly, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, you got beat by a Chrysler. Um, but yeah, that, that's the plan right now. I think a 416 forced induction, but I keep that under the hat. I'm not sure what yet. And then a banger monster clutches, Steve Addison. If you're watching, I love you. Thank you for sticking by my side. Like a, like I'm a terrible abusive girlfriend and you just won't go away. I love you. Um, and I think that's going to be the game plan. I have been, uh, actually I just got off of, Oh my God. I got off like a 35 to 45 minute phone call with my dude, Dan at BC forged NA, the wheel company. They do custom three or modular and, and monoblock wheels. Um, those are the ones that are on William Tetro. Yep. Yeah. The same brand that Tetro runs on his street stuff. Yep. And dude, I'm telling you, man, I have, uh, oh God. Uh, I talked to Alex Healy when he was at RC components and about wheel specs and, him rattling off the math behind wheel specs to me was like, Oh my God, I don't know anything about wheels. And then I talked to Dan and dude, this dude is like an encyclopedia. He like knows to the thousandth of an inch, like how big the lips will be if the centers are offset here or this or that, like he's spitting numbers out to the point where I'm like, dude, I I'm just going to throw money at your face. And I just want you to surprise me because this is, it messes me up because domestic guys are all about like inches of backspace. And then the metric stuff is always, millimeters of offset and i'm just like dude, i can't i can't keep up with it and then you deal with dan and dan will interchange in the middle of it. it's like you're driving in britain and then you're back in america he's <laughs> oh, like yeah you know, it'll offer a three inch lip a 76 millimeter offset with a bubble like all and i'm like dude i don't even know it's what, like what. listening to my wife talk to her mom because she's from from mexico so they'll she'll be talking in spanish and then all of a sudden just like snap, back to english yeah. back to english i'm like what what are you doing dude i'm telling keep you up with it it's yeah it's it felt like that and he uh so we've been going over options for wheels because i i want to put a nice set of wheels on the car um and that's kind of where i'm at street car drive it enjoy it um i have no goal for drag race times or anything like that i think i'll have fun and i think i'll be able to go fast still with the banger like i did before if anyone forgot i went 890 with a stick shift already so (laughs) just as a heads up i fully believe in you you're full of shit. Why do you I'm do not, this? I'm not. No, I'm totally not. I'm 100% support you. Our you're, relationship isn't built long, on believing in each other, dude. As long as your time slip does not start with the one, we're cool. Yeah. No, it won't start with the one. First pass, it won't go one anything. If you can, can you do it on 18s? Because that would be sick. The problem with, and, and I never made this a big deal because I didn't know how far it would get. I wanted to go eights on air and I wanted to put air ride on the car and do it on 19 yeah. inch wheels. The problem is, on an 18-inch wheel with a drag radial, it is super abrasive on IRS. So the last time I tried to go drag racing with a 17-inch drag radial, I, it was a streetcar takeover, and I broke my pumpkin into 77 mini pumpkins. 
So, and then the crowd was like, oh, you piece of shit. I hope you die in a fire. And I'm like, because <laughs> you oiled down the track. <laughs> no, no, I didn't move. I moved like three foot. I mean, it was like, it didn't even move. The car literally went like, pink, and that was it. It was just oil, gear fluid everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's zero forgiveness on a sticky track with it. Dude, the crowd, they put on a show for Streetcar Takeover. The crowd immediately, oh, <laughs> my God. I know I don't have a car to race myself, but I'm going to make fun of this guy. Oh. So I got get out. out, turn your back, and like take your helmet off and look down at the ground. No, no, no. Middle, middle fingers, everyone. I just got out of the car. Middle finger. <laughs> I did the sprinkler middle finger deal all around. It was very embarrassing. Now, I'm excited to see what you do with it. I, hey, uh, Michael, didn't Cletus run sevens with a stick? What did you run with a stick, Michael? Huh? Your big-ass red glasses. What did you run with a stick? Nice. Hopefully, what if he, that's what a, if he that's, writes? That's he a real nice uh, top fan badge there, Michael. Be ashamed My, <laughs> if something happened to it. You'd be crazy, Michael. Why'd you go with a stick, Michael? Why'd you get off Cletus's nutsack, Michael? Huh? <laughs> you got oceanfront property on his taint, Michael? Sorry for yelling, Michael. I, please don't stop watching our show. I love you, and I miss you, and I'm sorry for screaming. But I am going to roast you. I'm going to go to your profile and talk a bunch of smacks. So give me one. Damn it. He's got a really nice house. I'm trying to figure out what's up with those red sunglasses on the profile. I don't know, dude, but I feel like we should become good friends with him because if you look at the rendering of his house, he looks like someone we should hang out with. Uh, I can't because if I do, I'm afraid it's going to lock my internet up. So I'll take your word for it. Michael, we like you a lot. Yeah, Michael. Nice house. I hope it's, I hope it's built now, and if it is, mm -hmm. we should hang out at some point. Absolutely. So either way, just hit me in the DMs. Like, let's see what happens. See where it goes. So you don't know if you're doing blower or turbo. You're on the fence. No, I know what I'm doing. I'm just not going to talk about it. Okay, that's fair. It's going to have 416 cubic inches of raw American power. Which is LS, how you say power. LSLT. You don't have a stick, Michael. You better go to the doctor and figure out what happened. <laughs> <laughs> It's a penis joke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. For real. I'm sure you're packing an equipped package with glasses like that. So hanging a hammer down there. Anyone else want me to roast you? Go ahead and post up in the comments. This is fun. So... You got to carry the team, buddy. What do you got? Come on. The new BMW. is hideous as hell. This is, here's my thing. Here's what I don't like about it. Okay, I'm going to share a screen right here. Okay. Get ready. Yeah, I'm looking. Okay, hold on. For our iTunes viewers, Rye is unprepared for the podcast, so he's just going to put pictures up and talk about them. It's his oh. favorite thing to do. Ah, oh, it's so ugly. But here's my thing. It is ugly, okay? But if you see who's site I'm on, Abimelech Design, same dude that did the uh, Impala rendering for me, he fixed it. Check this out. Right. I'm waiting. Your internet. There it awesome. is. He fixed I still, it. I still don't dig it, dude. He kind of fixed it. I'm not. I just I mean, don't. No, I'm not saying that. Like the rendering looks better than that stupid ass grill. It does look better. However, I just don't like. I just don't dig. I don't know. I've just never been a big BMW guy. I like the he, Supra. Here's my other beef with it. Take note of the color, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why know, is dude. it? Why is it the same color? I don't know, but the four hundred, the four hundred Z has grown on me quite a bit since the renderings have been dropping. Yeah, but I'm just like, why is it the same color as the damn Nissan? Why would you do that? Um, it's a terrible. I think, they, I think they just wanted to give us some material for the podcast. Honestly, I think so. But dude, BMW has been watching us for a while, though. You know how they are. <laughs> the Beaver. I heard. I love the the Beaver tooth front grill is. It's tough to look at. It's so bad, dude. It looks like a WS6 banged a BMW M3, and then just the only feature it got was its nose and the snorkel version. Like it looks like a WS6 hood that it, like got real sad one time. My thing is like this is the rendering. This is what BMW released, and they're like, hey, let's just put a license plate yeah, here, like wherever, right in the smack dab in the middle of the whole thing. It looks like a some sort of some sort of aminal. You know what I mean? It's like an aminal. It's, it's horrible. It's it an aminal face. Horrible. Yeah, that was a BMW color forever. Um, yeah. Kenny Harper likes the 400Z. I do. The 400Z has grown on me a lot. And I first saw it, I, was, I posted on Clapped Out with a barf face with it. And I regret that post now because I have looked at more and more and more of them. And I think that car is going to be unique. And I also think everyone that cried about, you know, why, why won't they really? It's a six-cylinder twin turbo stick shift sports car. Like, yeah. yeah. shut up. Just shut up. 
I uh, and, and this is I'm I'm doing a little I don't know if you call it foreshadowing here, but we're skinning. We're gonna have um, this guy on uh, Abimelech designed. We're gonna have him live on one of these here very soon to talk us through his renderings. This is his rendering of the 400Z, and it's kind of like a Trans Am inspired kind of deal that he did, and it came out. That 300ZX style wing, though. You know the old high-rise 300ZX wing? Yep, and the taillights. Like, I hate Altezas. They work on that color, though. This thing came out pretty dope. When, yeah, and I don't it, like the fog lights, though. They're, a, they're an ode back to, was it a Muse? I can't remember the... Yeah. Like, I just want to know, like what we talked about on the phone earlier today, how these guys do this stuff. And that's what we're going to dive into. I don't want to talk too much about it now because we'll get him on here but yeah we're gonna do a follow-up for um hopefully we gotta work out the details but have like a live q a on <laughs> designing doing 3d renderings on those cars because it is very unique the way that they go about doing that for sure yep. like that's a car that you've never seen in person and somehow he's amazingly able to do this incredible 3d rendering of it amazingly like, able to do this incredible i know that's that's Amazingly <laughs> able to do an incredible. It sounds like a Donald Trump campaign song, <laughs> doesn't it? It's an amazingly incredible way to do an amazing, incredible. He, he's just an amazing with the little, amazing. the little accordion hands. All, all the, all the diehard. Amazingly Trump fans are gonna able. Stop, they're gonna stop following. You guys hate Trump. No, we don't. We just think he's funny. So okay, let's just amazingly able to. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> amazingly able to do an incredible job it's an amazing it's the most amazing incredible th- job and it's always very good it's good huge, huge huge oh rather than biden who'd fall fall asleep in the middle of drawing one um but yeah no i'm a big fan of all of this i think that i think he does a, a good job on the renderings i think the 400z is sick i think it's going to come out even with the final touches you know how the renderings never spot on for the final product i think right. the final product's gonna look really nice i'm excited to see how modifiable it turns out to be versus... should, well what's the biggest hindrance from being modifiable um uh, tuning unlocking the ecu yeah so and that's a and i don't know if you've seen this this is hilarious to me um anyone that calls the shop and wants to tune a 19 to 20 silverado i tell them i can't rather than explaining it's 500 dollars just for credits yeah. to unlock the ECU. It's 10 credits. And then um, the ZR1, we have a C7 ZR1 in the shop and uh, it was $2,500 for an ECU. He bought a replacement ECU just to have. Jesus. $2,500 for the ECU and unlock on that ECU total. Plus, you also need 10 more credits. So it's $3,000 just to be able, and this is with a whole replacement ECU. If you don't get the replacement ECU, it's $2,000 for the unlock process. So it's insane. But the thing is, you're buying a $150,000 car. True. You know what I mean? Like, you spend $150,000 on a car. HP Tuners is probably like, you know what? These dickheads will probably spend the money. Like, that's probably their thought process. <laughs> they just assume that anyone, like a brand new truck, like a brand new truck, these dickheads will pay the money. They just don't care because they know they, the dudes just bought a set. Anyone that bought a sixty dollars to $80,000 truck that wants to tune it is, doesn't care what it costs. Yeah. You know, you pay cash for a truck, you're going you're gonna to tune it anyway. Speaking of dickheads who will spend money. Um, yeah, where is Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Tesla Model S Plaid? It's sick. It's sick. But it is sick. when it is, sick. is he going – when is Elon Musk going to start delivering on all, everything he's taking posits on? What are we at now? This is the third one. So the Roadster, the Cybertruck, right? And now this one. And you can just, the hype beast, taking deposits on this. Like, how long can this keep going? I I don't, it's, we'll see. I don't know, man. I think that, I don't understand the economics of pre-ordering a a vehicle like that. I don't even understand the economics of pre-ordering a cell phone or like a PS5, let alone like a deposit on uh, an entire truck. Well, the cyber the cyber truck deposit was only a hundred bucks. How many did you order? I didn't order any, but I think Uh, he got, if I recall correctly, he got like two hundred thousand orders. That's it. I mean, two hundred thousand times a hundred, and then you take that money. You go, okay, do that math. Do that math right now. Two hundred thousand times a hundred. I'm not even gonna try. Twenty million dollars. Come on. Is it okay? So I don't know. It was a guess. I think it's two hundred million. Let me do the math. Two hundred thousand people pre-order. 
20 million, $20 million. So now you take those numbers to your potential investors and go, I got $20 million from people who are interested in this vehicle. Um, and you don't have to tell them like, they only give me a hundred bucks, but $20 million worth of people. This is how excited people are about this truck. Are you willing to invest in this company? And they go like, take my money. Yep. And then you use, I just feel like Tesla's doing a big Rob Peter to pay Paul kind of situation. You know, where is the Roadster? It's been, remember he's claiming eight second quarter mile times with that. They built one. Yeah, I don't know. I also, maybe they're all in outer space. <laughs> he just keeps putting them on SpaceX. And you know what I mean? Maybe just them keeps them them out. Oh, you want your truck here? Mm-hmm. You got to go to outer space to get it. It's on Mars. I don't know, I've, I've read some stuff about, it's such a, he's such an intriguing character to me on how he runs Tesla and how it's so polar opposite of how any other car manufacturer actually is. So I I find it like really very intriguing. Yeah. So I drove a, I drove a a Tesla one time. That's all. That's all I had. (laughs) (laughs) I've never driven a Tesla. Uh, The only electric car I've ever ridden in is a BMW i3. And it's Hal, the owner of Dynasties. And I think it's the worst car that's ever been produced in the history of oh, cars. Yeah. It's a pile of shit. I hate it. And But he loves it. He straight up loves the thing. He drives it everywhere. And I hate it. It's a piece of shit. It has like a 60-mile range. You, gotta, you literally have to charge a thing every evening. Like it, it, He bought like the low-range one so he can drive it to and from work, and that's like it. Yeah. But it's the worst thing in the, in the world. The tires are – there's only one tire that fits the wheel. It's like a 20 by – four inch wheel or so it's the bizarre, most bizarre the i the i3 is a little smart car looking one right yeah okay I'm all thinking. electric smart yeah, car. not the i8 which looks no, like a supercar which is a complete turd yeah hey question c7 zr1 or v10 audi r8 pick one hmm, that's tough uh i'm gonna say c7 just for a maintenance standpoint okay because it's going to be final che- answer. It's going to be cheaper to maintain that. Okay. What if the maintenance doesn't matter? Just pick a car, one or the other. Audi R8 V10. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I told I told our ZR1 customer to do that as well. So is it six speed or e gear? I didn't even ask. I didn't care. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I, I, The C7 ZR1 is an amazing car. I think it is the best Corvette ever produced. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I think. I honestly think the R8 is more my style because it's a more attention-grabbing car. It's louder. It's more boisterous, more flamboyant. And, like, when you spend that kind of money on a car, you're not doing it because you like the gas mileage, you know? Um, the the ZR1, though, was – and, again, I say this is one of the best cars ever produced, sports cars ever produced in general, the best Corvette ever produced, in, in my opinion. I, I would take a C7 ZR1 10 out of 10 times over a C8. I – do not like the C8s at all. Ooh. I don't. I don't like them at all. I hate them. I strongly disagree with that one. Yeah. Have you? I just don't. I can't. I just don't do. I don't like them. I haven't seen one up close in person. You have though. So. No, I mean, and it's not even like it comes from the amount of time I've spent driving the C7 chassis and even the C7 ZR1 we have in there. I had to take it uptown to to get an alignment and to get a um, wheel balance done on it. And just cruising on the highway, it's just such a well balanced car. I haven't done a lot of driving in the C8. But I just don't like the I don't like the position of the seat. I just don't like the I hate the rear end of the car. I just don't I don't know. See, this is gonna be an unpopular opinion probably with most people, but I'm a C six over C seven guy. C six Z06. I think that's common. I think most people like the C six more. That's my favorite. Yeah. The C eight, I will say this. The C eight does drive nice. Um it's not a terrible drive. It drives nice, it's well sorted car, but then I drive if, if I drive a C8 back-to-back with a C7 ZR1, I still want the ZR1. I just, I just like him better. And look at Justin Keith, C7 ZR1. He had a C8, I think, for like five minutes. Back in a C7 ZR1. Is he? Mm-hmm. He, he sold his C8? I didn't know that. I mean, I'm guessing. I, I, I see in his garage, he posts pictures of the C7 ZR1. It was a nine-second car with an intake and a tune. Yeah. It's insane to me. I saw uh, an Audi R8 yesterday here locally, which is kind of a rare sight. And the Audi R8 is just so bland. Like, it's very, it looks so similar to everything else in Audi's lineup, which is 
plus and minus. It looks so similar to Audi TT. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a squished, stretched version. Yeah, it does. And when I knew the Audi R8 was kind of like a domesticated supercar, it was when my wife was like, ooh, I like that car. How much are those? And I was like, 100 grand. She goes, oh, what? That's an Audi. I'm like, yeah. She goes, the Audi's 100 grand? I'm like, yeah, it's an R8. It's basically a Lamborghini. So Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, I don't... Uh... I don't know. I, I have never driven an R8, so I can't. I can't really make that call either. Like, I see them. I, I like them. I think they look good. But then you see the price of like these, you know, oh four, oh five Giardos getting in the fifty, sixty thousand dollar range, and it's like, well, put an LS in one if it blows up. <laughs> it's been done once before. Um, I don't know though. I think a twin turbo R8 would be sick. Why did they even make a? What years were the V8 R8s? I have no idea. Like I've never, been, I've never been rich enough to explore buying one. The beginning models. Can I just say that the picture behind me on the wall that's crooked, I don't even know if it's mounted to anything, is really just making my OCD go to all-time high. Yeah, that terrible-looking car behind you is doing the same <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners at home, Rye's kill face car, his orange car, is behind him in the video. Yeah, Cletus did sell his C8 as well, but he sold that to, I think, fund the bleacher rebuild and some other things. Yep. Hey, Cooper, is Cooper still on the Cletus show or is he doing his own thing now? Like, what's the deal there? Oh, I we talked about it yesterday and I went and watched the video and Cletus made a video, Garrett. Um, Cooper has since parted ways with them on good terms and has started his own channel uh, at his own home shop. So... Okay, it's, so completely independent now. Okay, so it's just James and Cletus now? And whoever the guy is, I can't recall his name, that's doing the track management at the Freedom Factory. Okay, hold on. I got to call James, see if there's an opening. <laughs> I don't think he's going to answer. He's probably busy just being a badass. He's just so attractive in general. Dude, he's the best. He's the best. Come on, James, man. I'm trying to get a job, bro. <laughs> what, if, what if he doesn't answer you and I call him and he answers me? I'll just leave, I'll cry on live. <laughs> yeah. Also, putting him on the spot, like, hey, what's up? I heard there's an opening. Probably not the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> I really yeah, want to try real. to call uh, him. <laughs> I, will, I will quit clapped out right now if you guys are listening. I don't even like Rye or Josh, so what's up? Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know what the dynamic is there, and I don't know what to speculate. They're all great dudes down there. Yeah. I just, all right, who's the most attractive, Cooper, James, or, or Cletus? Let's say it on the count of three. Who would you date? One, two, three. James. James. Good, dude. Good yeah. call. Just a yeah. good jawline, overall good physique. Yeah. Like, looks like he takes care of crops in his off time. Tremendous father. The only Great father out father. of the three. Speaking like, of fathers, my dad's in the comments. He says, good to see you. Wish I could say the same, dad. You never loved me, dad. <laughs> Not true. He did love me very much. Not in a weird way, though. God dang it. So, anyway... James is very attractive, right? Yes, 100%. I think uh, who would win in a fight, Cletus or James? James, dad bod, dad strength. Okay. Crazy dad strength. Who do you think clips their toenails more often, Cletus or James? Mm. I, bet, I, bet Garrett, I bet Garrett gets pedicures. Yeah. Garrett for sure gets pedicures. Yeah. Do you when think? You're, yeah, when, you're, when you're a father of... I think he, James has two kids now, right? When you're a father of two, like you don't have time. 20 kids. He's got 20. Look, I got three. I don't have time. If you saw my toenails, they look, I can catch salmon out of a river with these things. Okay. You can always, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fair. I think you, uh, I think at the end of the day, you need to, uh, you need to just focus on what's important. You know what I mean? Which is a clip of my toenails. Yes, absolutely. My kids. I think both. I think doing a little bit of, a little bit of everything. <laughs> I think I think clipping your toenails and then you know uh, maybe not clipping your fingernails for a little while. That way you get the old like the uh, the quick scratch deal going on. Ugh. Garrett has ten foot wingspan. He does. So um, oh, the guy from Boosted Boys left PFI Speed and is now down there with him. Um, Brett from PFI Speed. I think that's what he was talking about. Oh, I didn't know. That's a, cool. The dude that rides with him. He seems on, like a good dude. 
The guy that rides with him on uh, Rocky Mountain Race Week. No, oh, no, Brian just said Boosted Boy Kyle. So the, there's a discrepancy here. No, oh, it doesn't matter. Matter. I wish him luck. You know, let's focus on what's really important, and that is the fact I went faster than Rye in 2020. He's not going to beat me. The bottom line is Killface, <laughs> Killface, and Ruby are going to show down and show no, up. No, don't change the subject. I'm not. I'm not. It's still on the same when, subject. When are you going to go faster gonna, than me? I'm going to bust your fucking record wide open when I race James, if not before. Actually, cars going to the dyno this week, and then next week I'm going to Galat Motorsports Park and racing old John Dock heads up with his SN95 for North Carolina SN95 Streetcar Supremacy. Oh, my God. There, I will be. That's a real title. We made it up. This is very long. I'm just very – it's giving me kind of a little bit of a headache. So, me and John Dock is going to be – is going to be? Are going to be going toe-to-toe. Well, not – well, yeah, I guess toe-to-toe. I was going to say – Face to face would be tough. He'd need a stool. Yeah. <laughs> I sent him a text earlier. We were talking back and forth today. Yeah, I sent him a text. It was meant for my wife. And he goes, What? And I was like, Sorry, that was meant for my wife. And he goes, Is that your like weird way of talking crap? And I was like, It is now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. Yeah, old Johnny boy. He's a good kid, that John Doc, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Very excitable, too. Did you know? John Doc, this is true. You guys can verify this. In high school, John Doc was on the varsity wrestling team, and he shit his pants in the middle of a wrestling tournament. All in his onesies. He shit all over himself. So still, where he's from. Still won. Yes, he did. That's the sad part. Here's the thing. The ref had to call it because the opponent was throwing up from the smell of shit. But John had the superior position at the time. Yeah. So if anyone's like, wondering where you can't shit your pants if you're naked came from. All right, hit the lockers. Hit the lockers. They just hosed him down and then covered him in powdered sugar, and then all the kids took their turn. So that's uh, if you guys are wondering, that is a true story. All 32 live listeners run to John Doc and tell him Logan told the story about him shitting his pants on the wrestling mat. We yeah. went to high school together. I graduated three years ahead of him because I graduated early because I'm very smart. I don't John think John was, didn't. Gra- I don't think John graduated at all. No, he's still in school. He's still. Oh, he's, oh that's fair. It's his 12th yeah. round of his senior senior year. So when he wrestles now, it's a little awkward because you got a 46-year-old guy on the mats with 18-year-olds. <laughs> Other than that, though, yeah, he did shit all over himself just as a heads up. So run and tell that. <sighs> that was you didn't like that story? No, I love it. <laughs> you want to hear more stories? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Name somebody in the industry that we both know. Um, Jason Terrell, Tin Soldiers. Jason Terrell. Jason Terrell, at 18 years old, became the youngest person in the state of Kentucky to earn his woodsman license. And he has, at his house, he bought 67 acres. For whatever reason, I remember the amount of acres. 67 acres. Of the 67 acres that Jason Terrell owns, 66 are either indoor greenhouses where he cultivates orchids. So, Tin Soldiers is his main gig. He literally buys and sells orchid flowers, and that's where he gets all the money to go racing. Has no, he doesn't really give a shit about racing. He is a huge, huge orchid enthusiast. Loves, absolutely loves flowers. Okay, give me someone else. Uh, um, let's see here. Uh, Brian Tooley. Brian Tooley originally went to college to be a veterinarian because when he was 12 years old, his cat had a litter of kittens and he couldn't save one of the kittens. One of the kittens passed in his, in his arms. At the same time he was going to get his, uh, he was going to go to school to get his degree and to be a veterinarian. He decided to join the Navy because he thought that they had underwater seahorses that you ride. He was absolutely incorrect. There's no such thing as seahorses that you ride underwater. And he got stuck on a submarine for like six to eight years. Next. Hmm. Um, Let's stick with the BTR family, Rick Smith. God, Rick Smith, dude. Okay, how about a true story for one? Yeah, uh, his Rick, Rick, itself, Rick Smith has <laughs> <laughs> Rick Smith, Richard Smith. Richard Smith founded Trick Flow Specialties. Richard Smith is packing a 12-inch donger. Richard Smith is now working with Brian Tilly Racing. He does the he's in the the research development. He developed the equalizer, their new three-piece intake. That's Richard Smith. Richard Smith has so many patents, and this is not BS. 
he has so many patents that the dude mid conversation will remember a patent that he has and be like, Oh yeah, I forgot. We got a patent on that. And then just talk about a patent that he has that he forgot that he had. Um, probably some stuff I can't talk about publicly, but the dude, I can't even make anything up about him because he's just such a dynamo. He is a very eccentric person, but I mean that in the most loving of ways. He's awesome, dude. He's awesome. Absolutely. Actually, I talked to BTR, Bethany and Samantha in, in, um, purchasing and receiving and, and they do their in administrative and i gave them a call the other day i was i needed some parts and they took care of me they it's bizarre like calling anyone a btr and talking to anyone a btr now it's it's i'm used to like blowing bridges up when i leave work like if i quit a job or if i move on somewhere i like to just explode the situation and never talk to anyone <laughs> again and when i left dynasty to go to btr i stayed really really chill with hal and everybody because i really love those guys and then when I left BTR to go back to Dynasty, it was the same vibe. And it's it's just a, I don't know, it's cool. I really do enjoy it. I think burning bridges, is a, only burn them when you have to. I'm trying to find, we wanted to talk about it earlier, Stevie Fastpass, but I can't find a good. All you got to know is the dude went 350s on a street legal tire. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. And like bottom 350s. 3502 and 3505. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous so he, he pulled the shoot god who did he race when he went 3505 um, pulled the shoot on him early it seemed and it was it was hilarious to me it was Dude. also the first he was also this weekend they had the first side-by-side -side 350 pass that's the fastest side-by-side -side pass in history actually. yeah it was uh marcus burt and is it marcus burt or brit marcus burt and yeah. stevie fast stevie went uh, on that pass was a 594, 3594 versus Burt's 588, 3588. But he went a couple of 50s this weekend, and that is absolutely insane. Did you think five years ago, when was the first three second pass in RBW? No, I didn't, I didn't think. I, it, dude, we grew up when radial racing was, if you go 5-0 to the 8th, you're doing something. Yeah. X275 now is running what RVW cars were running when we really first started paying attention to this stuff. That's crazy. Like, David Farlow and Tin Soldiers guys, oh they were out this God. weekend. David Farlow's car. Stock. Oh stock 5-4 block. And I... On an 80 millimeter turbo, restricted yeah. 80 millimeter turbo, they were yeah. running bottom four 30s. I think. I can't. I'm I don't sure know if they got. I don't know if they got into the 20s this weekend or not. But I don't think it was a 30. Was it a 30? Yeah. Pretty I thought sure. it was like a. I didn't think it was a 30. I could be complete. I'm probably a thousand percent wrong. I shared the video, and it was insanely impressive. So Jose of Forced Inductions has been like uh, just going off with his stuff. I mean, he's absolutely going off. Yeah. 80 millimeter, 436 at 172. That's nuts. That's yeah. absolutely nuts. With a, again, stock block, stock heads, 5.4. It is a 4 GT block in heads, but still. still doesn't, it's a stock block. I think it's All a right. factory crank too, but. We're coming to the end of this, and I have a closeout that I want to do. It's a little emotional. Um, and I will hold it together for the better of the show. Uh this earlier this week, I had posted on Facebook that a good friend of mine had passed away. Um, his name's Ryan Wasson. And where I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in a town called St. Charles, um, went to Geneva High School, met some of my very, very best friends during that time period. Um, in a, in a no particular order, there's, there's Benji, there's Squeak, there's, um, Chris Tremblay, there's uh, Mitch Tate, there's, I mean, I, I shouldn't even start naming all these people because I'm going to forget so many and feel like an asshole. Um, but anyway, we had a, a very large group of people that were all together and, and really learned motorsports and enjoyed it together as a team. And as a, it was just a sense of camaraderie that you can't replace. It's a time in my life that I'll never, ever, ever be able to replace. And uh, I got a, a call earlier this week from my good friend, Brandon Gonzalez, who lives in California now that and Ryan had moved out to California that Ryan had passed away the last six months or so. I hadn't talked to Ryan in quite a while and we began talking again over the last six months. And he had, uh, this kind of newfound, uh, passion for motorsports. And he had, he had picked up a BMW and he was modifying it. And just, it seemed like he was on a great trajectory and, and 
and a lot of love in his heart and a lot of, a lot of uh, positivity that just kind of oozed out of the dude. He was just uh, always a, a kind of a, a bright light in the room when we would all get together. So um, I wanted to, to extend my deepest and most sincere condolences to Ryan's family, his friends, our uh, original group, and everybody that has, uh, has been affected by, by him passing. And um, if you asked me 10 years ago, you know, if anything like this would occur, I would not have guessed that. And it's an indication and a reminder that time on this earth is fucking short. You do not know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. You do not know what, what the world has in store for you. We have a lot of bullshit going on right now in, in the, the world we live in. And the loss of somebody like that suddenly uh, is another, like I said, a reminder of you don't, you don't know where the end button is. So just live and love as much as you can and be good to your neighbor and realize the world's not as bad as we all think. And, and, and if everyone could be just a little bit like, like Ryan was, um, you know, that would, that would make the world a much, much, much better place. So uh, with, with rise approval, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to RB uh, Ryan Watson. And, and again, extend my condolences to every single human being that he touched and that he was a part of. Um, and everyone back home that may or may not be watching the clapped out podcast or listening. I appreciate your, your support. And don't think I ever forgot about any of you guys, because once I make it huge and I'm a millionaire, I'm going to steal all of rise money and I'm <laughs> going to take care of all of you. So that's all, that's all I had on that. But I wanted to make sure I mentioned that it was a, it was a pretty sad and unfortunate situation, but well um, said buddy. Absolutely. Very so. well said. Take us home, Rye. Well, I would say head over to clappedout.com slash store, but the only thing we got left over there are stickers. There will be new stickers going up this week. And if we can find the rendering that we need. I got it. I got it. I have it. <laughs> we're going to order some shirts this week as well. Yeah. So uh, be on the lookout. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a subscribe on Instagram, YouTube, all the social media platforms out there. But we appreciate everybody tuning in. Just give us the attention we desire. Yes, please. Clappedout.com. Please, manja, manja. That's it. We're out. Peace.